Welcome to Humans of Twitter, a podcast where we discover the stories behind the people behind the Twitter accounts. People that are interesting, opinionated and surprising. I'm your host, Steve Malk, and today I'm speaking with someone who describes themselves as writer, comedian, surfer. Humans of Twitter is their stories in their words in a little more than 140 characters. Please welcome today's edition to the Humans of Twitter list, Murray Valeriano. Thank you very much for having me. It's um, wonderful to speak with you, my friend. Can we start? First question. Sure. Right in out of the gate. In social settings, how do you introduce yourself? Uh, hi, I'm Murray Valeriano. How are you? Good. I'm well, thank you. What do you do with yourself? What do I do with myself? In what way? Why are you here in this social setting that we're meeting? Oh, today? Well, any, any, I got, Anytime. Today I got invited by a man who I've met twice. Probably. Twice, but yet I've talked to many times over the several years. So the opportunity to jump and talk to him face to face, I couldn't say no. It's very generous. <laughs> In being a comedian, you yeah. guys tend to be chameleons. It's never just, I just do this one thing. Right. I've got a few irons in the fire, mm-hmm. the, the nature of surviving in the business, right? Sure. What is the predominant thing? Like when you fly overseas, what do you put down on your, your passport, your landing form? Uh, I just filled that out uh, the other day. Comedian. Yes? Yeah, comedian. Do you get asked, so tell me a joke? <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. But most like today I got, uh, really? And you make your living doing that? <laughs> <laughs> You're not my mother. Shut up. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> you do get that uh, joke. Uh, can I do it? Can I have a joke? And people handle it differently. Mm. Usually I say um, it's too early mm. or um, I'm not getting paid or this yeah. is my time off. And then some people have pocket jokes that they'll throw at them and, sure. and stuff like that. But it's, you know, it's kind of insulting and kind of not depending on how you uh, how you take it. Have you always done the comedy as work? Uh, yeah. You know what? Let's think about this. Yeah. I mean, outside of, uh, I'm getting comfortable here a second. Outside of day Do jobs it. out of school, you know, waiting tables and playing mm-hmm. in bands. This is the only, this is the only industry I've been in. I started out uh, doing sketch and improv at a comedy club and got a pilot deal off of it. Yeah. And that pilot went nowhere. And my partners and I split up. We kind of hit our Abbey Road phase. Yeah. And, uh, then I started doing stand-up and started writing. So in comedy, I've been that's been my industry for. I think I quit my day job in '98 or '99. Yep. So I've been I've been at it since. Well, that, that's man. That must mean for someone to be making a living out of comedy mm-hmm. in America, an awful lot of travel. Yeah, an awful lot of travel. Awful. I just did 31 hours on an airplane. Oh, <laughs> from where? <laughs> Bahrain. My God, man. Bahrain. Why were you in Bahrain? Or Djibouti. Oh, it's all look. It's you can't get one of the, one of those was thirty one hours. I was uh, doing a tour for the United States military uh, and going over there and entertaining the entertaining entertaining the troops. That's awesome. But I was also on a a, a big base where there are a few Aussies in the show at the show. Also, those guys, man, yeah. they're the worst. According to Will Anderson, we're your best friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We will follow you guys anywhere. <laughs> But yeah, I went to Africa, Djibouti, Africa, and then Bahrain, and then I flew and tail hooked onto an aircraft carrier, mm. which is amazing. I didn't realize the admiral told me that less than one percent of the human race will ever tail hook onto wow. an aircraft carrier and catapult off. That's crazy. So I'm officially a tail hooker. Is nice. The club is what they call, it. and it was awesome. It was so awesome. What, what's that feel like? Because I see the pictures. I've seen video. Uh-huh. And it's stopping pretty quick. Yeah, you stop. When, when 
when a, a plane lands on an aircraft carrier, as soon as they touch down, they have to go full throttle because if they miss the tail hook, they have to be able to take off the other end. Yeah. So it's just weird kind of like stop, go, stop, wow. <laughs> jerking that sensation. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, but it, it was weird. I was in what's called a cod. So it's a passenger and uh, cargo mm. plane. So there are only 10 seats. Maybe seven of them were filled. Yeah. But there are no windows. So I could barely. I had to hold my camera phone uh, way in front of me to, <laughs> and hold it at the window just so I could see what it looked like. So yeah. I could play it back and see what it looks like landing on it. Gosh. And that was intense. But the takeoff was amazing. It's you go from zero to 130 miles per hour in three seconds. Nice. Yeah. So it's a, it's a jolt, man. It's a jolt. But it was fun. That's amazing. That's really cool. Yeah. And entertaining the troops was just it was just a blast, man. It was I got so much more respect for military people and, yeah. and what they I know it sounds cliche to, you know, I support the troops over here in America. That's the big saying. Support the troops, support the troops. But man, when you see the conditions they live in and 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 the stuff they actually sacrifice, mm. it I'm telling you, see, it was an emotional roller coaster for me, you know. Was just, this your first? This tour? is my first in, into that kind of hot war zone. Yeah. I've done done it for military before, but never, you know, talking to guys who we were talking to two special ops guys who just came from Somalia, living embedded in Somalia, Gosh. you know, just taking people out. Yeah. You know, and they haven't seen their family in a year. They're living in 130 degree temperature, you know, eating, you know, when they were embedded, they're just eating basically it was like a giant camp out with guns, yeah. you know. <laughs> With no, with no, you know, anything nice. I mean, there's no internet, yeah. you know, no television on the bases, even not even out when they're doing their own tents and stuff. And just, it was weird. It went from, it went from, uh, you know, after the first show, just kind of like, you know, they're so thankful. They're like, oh, thank you for coming out. It's like, no, thank you. Thank you for your service. Mm-hmm. Just kind of rolling off the tongues. But within a day, it was like, seriously, man, thank you. Get home safe. Okay. Yeah. Just be careful. C- come home. All right. You know, it was just, it was amazing. It was really mind blowing. How, how were you prepared for this by, I would imagine some arm of the military had contacted or contracted you through somehow to get this. How did they prepare you for it? Uh, con- they, I got contracted through Navy entertainment mm. and <laughs> boring you for 50 years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they prepared me by saying, here's your ticket and report to this guy. <laughs> Bullsh- Seriously? Yeah, pretty much. No vaccines, no... Uh, which wow. I'm kind of bummed out because I, I didn't realize how much E. coli is all over the place <laughs> in Djibouti. Yes. And let alone the Zika virus now. Mm. But uh, yeah, I mean, everywhere, especially on the base in Djibouti, there was a place to wash your hands mm. every two feet. And then we got, a, you know, we got all these great tours of the different departments there. And yeah. Uh, one of the, sadly, one of the boringest ones was the emergency medical facility, <laughs> um, you know, because this is a, you know, this is a stencil and this is where we give our shots and this is our x-ray. But then he's like, oh, this is a cup of pee because we're testing to see if uh, this guy, if there's, if they're putting poop in our drinking water. Oh. So, you know, there people are trying, you know, Shibuti is like, that was insane. It was just a short drive from the airport to the base mm-hmm. and... It was just desert, nothing but garbage floating around, and outside the base is a working gallows pole where they hang people. (laughs) 
that it's working still. It's not like, oh, this has been from the 60s Historical. or 50s. No, yeah, this yeah. is like, oh, I think last Thursday. Oh. Somebody did something. So it's pretty, it was pretty intense. That was my first day. <laughs> Welcome to Djibouti. That's, That's where they crazy. hang people. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Imagine what you learned on your second day. <laughs> where they bury them. <laughs> Gosh, Murray. That's, that's, there's a lot of intensity in all of that. Mm-hmm. How long were you away for? Uh, 14 days, 10 days, 10 to 14 days. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. J- just long enough to kind of let it all overwhelm you. Yeah. And just, just let it start to become a bit of a normal and then you're out. Yeah. I don't know how about normal <laughs> I was getting, but um, it was, I was ready to come home and I would go back tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the, the, the sucky part was missing my, my four-year-old. Um, but then I think about that and I look at these guys who have been here for a year and a half and haven't seen their four-year-old since he was born, yeah. you know, so I, I couldn't really complain. Well, you have kids. Ever since I had yeah. a kid, I've become the biggest pussy. Yeah. <laughs> well, so emotional. It's a self-preservation thing almost, isn't it? Like yeah. the, the, you feel I have to, I've got to be okay because I've got a little one that, that depends on me and those sorts of things. Oh, already, yeah. They've pushed me out of the nest already. Oh, time. really? Yeah. yeah they, Evo? Go away, dad. <laughs> Whatever. I know. That's around the corner for me. I, it's coming. Um, it, my wife, yeah, my wife and I had the recognition the other day because I had to renew my license in Australia uh-huh. uh, and we can do it for a five-year term. Okay. When I next go to get my license, my son will be coming with me to get his learner's permit. Oh, wow. Holy crap. Wow. That's, I, I'm sure he'll be a you know, very responsible driver, <laughs> things, but it just spun me out that this little boy, sure. who he is now, yeah. uh, who's 11... Yeah, we'll be getting his learners. <laughs> you know, oh, I wasn't I, ready for that. I did. Uh, I pretty much I do the stay at home dad thing yeah. during the day because I'm a comedian. So I tour on the weekends and, and yeah. perform at night. So I watch my kid during the day. And I remember this people always saying, oh, enjoy it. It goes by so fast. Longest two years of my life, man. <laughs> Those first two years were <laughs> rough, dude. Those first two years were rough. Yeah. You're, you know, you're talking to a guy, you know, and I had kids later in life, you know, mm-hmm. so you're talking to a guy who is set in his ways. Yep. I'm a comedian. I get home at two. I sleep till noon. Yep. You know, I drink more than I should. And that, that was just. Uh, yeah, you've got a little. That was in. like the tail hooking onto an aircraft carrier. <laughs> <laughs> it is over. Slow, fast, slow. <laughs> We've got a little human alarm clock now, right? Dad, get up. We got to do some stuff. You know, it's funny. I've never, I'd never set my alarm. Well, actually, you know what? I'm a comedian, so I never had an alarm clock. <laughs> but he, I never, but I don't have to worry about it because he gets me up. Yeah. So my wife is, she works in film. So, you know, her call times are like 6 a.m., yeah. 5 a.m., stuff like that. And I remember when we were first dating, I slept over her, over at her house. And she's like, what time should I set the alarm for tomorrow? Like, uh, noon? Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't, if you need I don't it. even have an alarm clock. <laughs> Man. Do you find, because how would you say you're so four? Uh, he's four, yeah. He'll be five in December. So they're nice and, and malleable at this age, right? Where they can have a lot of the same interests. They're starting to get the same interests as dad's got. Or they'll they'll latch onto something yeah. that dad likes. And like, I want to be in on all of that. Yeah. He loves uh, the pool. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a big water guy. I'm a big surfer. So he loves the pool and swimming nice. and the beach and stuff like that. 
She's totally into Star Wars, which I love. Excellent. It pisses my wife off to no end. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, you have uh, taught your son well. Yeah, definitely. So this I is do, a good thing. I, was, I, was, I read an article where somebody, it was a hilarious article, and I, if I have it, I should forward it to you. It's about a guy who, who tried his hardest to keep the secret of Darth Vader and Luke from his son yeah. so he could watch it in chronological order with his son. Yeah. It was a hilarious article. How did he go? Because that would be so tough everywhere. I know. Kind I know. Of, it, like modern culture has accepted that and that's like a punchline in ads. Yeah, I know. I know. I don't know how I'm going to do it either. But to be honest with you, he has not seen a full uh, Star Wars film. Mm-hmm. My wife still thinks he's too young. And as a good husband, sure. I meet I meet in the middle. Yeah. And then, then badmouth her on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like you can even drop him into... Um, like Star Wars Rebels or anything like that, mm-hmm. because they fit into the universe, you know, in, sure. in the context. So sure. it would be like, well, who are these people? Well, I can't explain right. this person yet. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yoda's someone you'll care about, but don't <laughs> worry about it now. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't think he's seen anything from uh, Empire. Oh, I show him the uh, battle on Hoth sometimes. Nice. But my wife is, uh, I love her. She's awesome. Um, don't get me wrong with any of this. Uh, she's probably the most leftist, <laughs> anti-gun, anti-war yeah. person I know, and so even when I call him, you know, even when I call him blasters, she's not buying it. <laughs> she's yeah. like, "They're guns. I don't want my son with guns." So, which is funny. After coming back from this uh, military tour, I'm not a big guy. I'm not a guys guy. Sure. Like I'm not into you know fucking football yeah. and fucking scratch my balls and high five and shit like that. But Booyah. Uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> but let me tell you something. When somebody puts a fifty caliber sniper rifle in your arms, you become a guy's guy. Yeah. Like my fucking testosterone. Let's fire this thing, man. <laughs> Let's go shoot this thing off. What can I shoot? Yeah. So all those great stories fell on deaf ears to my wife. <laughs> but so much great material, right? There's oh. huge stuff now. Oh yeah, man. Just been writing away since I got back. Yeah. And it was fun writing it was fun writing joke. There's a weird thing in America stand up, um, and I don't know how it is it with Australian stand ups, uh, but when you tour and you and you go on the road, like road comics have gotten a bad rap in this mm. country because they can become very hacky, very yep. very quickly. Don't have to they like, work it up for one place and that's it. That's all they roll out everywhere. That's yeah, yeah, stuff. you know, and it's very easy to get caught in that way, and I I think we all get caught in it a little bit. Um, but one of the things that that people that comics shit on each other about is if you write stuff for that town. Oh yeah. yeah. If you write stuff for that town, which mm. I never really found that hacky as long as it's a, not just the same one for each same town, joke, you know, insert name here. but yeah, yeah, exactly. But if you really like, you should go out on the town and you see shit, you might as well write. And that's what I did on these bases mm. and they loved it. Yeah. You know, and I didn't, what am I going to do? I can't do the same thing I did on this Jabushin base. <laughs> In, in Peoria, Illinois, that's not going to fly, right? And yeah, so yeah, yeah. they loved it because they're they're surrounded. How about those Somalians? <laughs> so they're surround. You know, they're in shit conditions. So yeah. they want to make fun of it, man, because that's mm-hmm. what they live. That's what they live for. And that that to me, that was the, the funnest part. You know, plus you know, I'm also getting these inside tours and stuff that I could write about. Yeah. But to me, that was the funnest part of of performing for these guys is making fun of their of their existence so they can laugh at the stuff that's really kind of making them miserable. Yeah. You know, which I guess is kind of the goal for any comedian is, you know, let them, the people forget about their life for a few minutes, you know, without sounding too cheesy or whatever. No, that's, that's totally fair. Yeah. 
How have you found life as a comedian recently becoming a father? Because the, the same kind of thing, right? Comedians will have a go at each other, the standard hacky, you know, well, now I'm a dad, I've got to have lots of jokes about nappies right, and things, right. and diapers. Uh, you know, as long as you do it, as long as there's an original side to your material, I don't. You can talk about airplane food, as far as I'm sure. concerned. I don't care as long as it's original. You know, there's no. To me, there's no hacky topic. It's just hacky jokes. Yeah. So, um, although I'm getting sick of weed jokes, though. Uh, <laughs> but it, you know, especially the way I write and the stuff I do is all. It's all experience from my life. Nothing's made up. Everything is based off of, of something that's happened to me. So. I had no choice but to do dad material. And so, you know, I embraced it. Yeah. And I did a, I recorded an album all on new, being a new dad, an hour's worth of material on, on being a new dad. And now I put that aside, you know, now it's time to move on. Yeah. Um, but that was great. And it, it was challenging in the way that spe- the one military tour I did was for all guys who just gotten out of basic training. So nice. they're 19 or 20. Yeah. Not married, no kids. I've got an hour of material of being married and kid with kids. How do I make that work for those guys? Yeah. You know, and so that's where the real challenge and fun starts. And yeah. and I, it was great. I had a blast doing it. So that's you. So it was very. Uh, it was very. Uh, what's the word? I don't want to say risky to make, but it it was because you're going to run into a, a room full of hipsters one day, and you yeah. know, with all that material, and so. You got to make it work and, and, and finagle your way around it. And it was successful. And I'm, but I'm glad I, that's behind me and I'm working on my new hour. So, How will you react when your son comes to you one day? Dad, I, I Googled this stuff on the internet and I found an hour of you talking about becoming a dad. <laughs> um, well, hopefully he'll think it's funny. <laughs> I'm a comedian. That's all I want. Really, do you think it was funny? That's the old stuff. Wait till you hear the new stuff. <laughs> oh, man, I'm well beyond that now. Uh, I don't talk shit about my kid. I don't talk shit about my kid. Um, hopefully, I mean, he, you know, every, every dad says this, but he has a, he's got a really good sense of humor. He loves to make people laugh. Great. And uh, I, did, I, I walked into his preschool last year, and it's a – there's this giant meeting room and mm-hmm. three of the teachers were in the back eating lunch and just laughing really, really hard. And I, I walked in and they're looking in the bathroom and one of the teachers sees me and goes, Frank's is telling us this story. Hmm. And so I wanted to jump in and see what it was, but I knew if I got in there, he would distract him. I yeah, would distract yeah. him from it. So I just stood in the back, mm. in the back so he couldn't see me and he continued telling the story and the one teacher was literally tears were coming out of her eyes. She was laughing so hard. And I'm telling you, proudest moment of my life, man. That's proudest awesome. moment of my life. And then when he ended, I walked in and I'm like, Frank, what's up? He's like, Dad, you'll never believe what happened. <laughs> and then he started it all over again. So that was that was the proudest moment of far being a dad. You know, it's so funny. Like, I. I don't want, not everybody has kids. I don't, I try not to go down the talking about my kid mm. uh, rabbit hole, but if you open it, I'll go down. Mm. We can talk about big tits if you want. I like to talk about those too. Sure. <laughs> hey, look, I'm, I'm a guy that's got both. <laughs> In a, a crisis or an argument, mm-hmm. are you fight or flight? Wow. Um, depending on what it is. Mm-hmm. Depending on what it is. I grew up in a very violent household. I don't like fighting. Mm-hmm. I fought more fights than I wanted to by the time I was 18. 
So I try to I try to avoid fights in any situation. Sure. If you fuck with my wife or my kid, I'm 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 around. Okay. I'm, I'm yeah. If you fuck with me, we'll see. Yep. You know, is it worth it? If it's not, let's go. You know, I've come into a few scuffles here and there recently. I get you know, you get into arguments in the lineup surfing a mm. lot, but um, you know, I <laughs> so like people don't realize. You know, people don't know you're a comedian. You don't walk around with a sign on your shirt yeah. that says I'm a comedian. So when somebody smarts off to me and I smart back at them, you know, having dealt with drunks for the past yeah. 20 years, you know, they're like, it's almost like they get so confused and, and the like, what? How did he? What did Shut he up. Well, yeah. They don't know how to react. And you can just see the confusion in there. And meanwhile, everybody else is laughing around. And yeah. so they're they're like humiliated and they're getting more pissed. And mm. and it, it's always fun. I like to see those reactions when they do when I do that. And then it also gets me in trouble because I'm a smart ass. And then I got to <laughs> escalate the fight and then take it down. Is it really worth going to jail yeah. for a fight? No. You know what I mean? Anymore. No, God. But no. I enjoy a good argument. I enjoyed a good heated discussion. I married a yes. Greek. I married a Greek woman. Every <laughs> <laughs> what are we having for dinner is a heated discussion. <laughs> that's right. Who's family for Christmas? Mm. Well, that's a three week thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll fight if need be. You know, to quote the old Roadhouse, mm. I like to quote is, uh, "I I am nice until it's time to not be nice anymore." Yep. And that's that's how I deal with hecklers, and that's how I deal with. People. That's such a fun movie. Oh, it is. So I, good. Again, I say I'm not a guy's guy. I'm not a big testosterone-driven dude. But the first time I saw that movie, I wanted to get into a fight so bad. Oh. <laughs> it was like walking through the mall going, yeah. whoa, did you Come bump on. into me? What's yeah. up? I was 15. <laughs> well, Patrick Swayze really playing against type for what we knew. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, it, it's a kick-ass fight film. Yeah, Patrick Swayze, man, he gets, he gets dogged on. But that dude, I like, that dude was a... I like that dude. He's yeah. He's, let's be honest. He's a hottie. Yep. He's he a hottie. Right. He's cut. He's ripped. Yep. He can kick ass and he can dance. Yep. I mean, if that guy has got to be had pussy thrown at him like a mud fight, yep. that guy is just. <laughs> right? well, I'm sure in his time that happened. Yeah. Um, Point Break didn't hurt him either. In the oh same no. Regard. That yeah. Was a, and I cannot believe this really burns me. Right. Uh-huh. I know that. Uh, there are very few new ideas sure. in Hollywood, television, wherever. Of course. Um, I Of all of the things that, that we could remake, uh-huh. I wouldn't have thought that Point Break was one that we needed to rush to. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see it? I saw... I think I saw the first 20 minutes on a plane and fell asleep. Okay. I didn't see any of it, but it, I th- didn't it kind of go more... Because the original Point Break was based around surfing mm-hmm. and all those it's funny all those places they shoot is where i surf every day yeah um but this one is like more adrenaline junkies right yeah a lot of you know sort of up the ante they've yeah yeah definitely the yeah presidents into adrenaline junkies they're, okay. they're skydiving and riding bikes and all of the everything are they still ex-presidents uh for criminals well, you know? i can tell you i fell asleep I oh that's right you. okay I guess so. All right. Someone, look, someone that watched it, get back to both of us and tell us who <laughs> Yeah, they seriously. Are. Yeah, at Murray V on Twitter. Let me know. You, you would have to think they would still be ex-presidents. That's sure. kind of core to the plot. Yeah, definitely. And it's, it's definitely a cool hook to it. Bloody awesome. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, and then you've got, so you've got Keanu Reeves as this, you know, reasonably green recruit. Sure. Johnny Utah. Johnny Utah, <laughs> who busted out of uh, college football because he did his knee or whatever Yeah, the curse of Johnny Utah. Gary Busey knee. back when he looked real. Ah. Um, 
uh, as the you know the wizened old I know everything. Yeah, detective. yeah. We got to hunt this. We've been tracking these guys. Sure, forever. sure. Patrick Swayze is this spiritual surfer, you know, tribal leader guy mm-hmm. with his boys. Yeah, that are, they were doing it kind of. Well, they were just kind of doing it. With, they're they're reappropriating the wealth is how they saw it. Yes, definitely. Um, and maintaining a lifestyle that was for them one of. You know, ease and peace and the rest of it, mm-hmm. but we're taking it from people who can afford to lose it. Right? Yeah, yeah. These guys, the 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 bad dudes in the New Point Break. Oh no, it's like it's just a massive heist film. Like mm-hmm. we just want to get all this money and it's a, a palette. Like the film. Italian Italian job on uh, Adrenaline. What? Yeah. What? Ah, bummer. I just. Oh. Like I love I love the new Ghostbusters. I haven't seen it. I really enjoyed it. It's in in the same way. In someone I think. Uh, a recent Humans of Twitter, we were talking about it. The original Ghostbusters film, in and of itself, while fun, yeah. isn't a great film. Right. You know, it's some funny guys sure. in a situation that is a little bit weird. Mm-hmm. They have some great gags. There's no real character arc in it. They blow up a marshmallow thing. Yeah, yeah. Job done. Sure. And we saw how well that played out in Ghostbusters mm-hmm. 2. Mm-hmm. Um, though, though I did <laughs> like that when they came, the opening scene in Ghostbusters 2 is Ray... And um, uh, their African American friend, oh, yeah. uh, just I, playing parties, and the kids going, "Who are you? We don't care who you are. <laughs> Whatever, go away." It's like, oh, that's perfect. Um, <laughs> I've never heard anybody say anything positive about Ghostbusters too. Congratulations. <laughs> it's not. It's not great. Uh, Peter McNichol is probably the only great thing. That he is doing. funny in that, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, but the new Ghostbusters is plot holes aside, uh-huh. fun, smart writing. Four really strong women sure. in great character roles. Right. Of course, it's 2016. The special effects are way up there. Sure. Totally transformed, mm-hmm. you know, in, in what it would be comparative. Some excellent hat tips to the old film. Oh, okay, cool. Um, I like that there were cameos from oh. some of the old cast in it, that popping up, even some of the old special effects cast popping up. Oh, really? Oh, interesting. Um, so it's, it's good. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to be like, let's put it up there with The Untouchables or, you know, movie classics Gone with the Wind, blah, blah, right. blah. It's just a fun thing. Yeah. But don't ruin everything. Yeah. You know? It's it's a shame. That I, my buddy is an accountant over at MGM, and he listed off all the movies that MGM was doing, and they were all remakes. Oh. They're all remakes. And it stinks, because I'm a writer also, along with stand-up, and I've yeah. read so many great scripts that we'll never see the light of day. It's but we're just going to remake, you know... War games or whatever, you know, and it's it's a it's a shame because. Would you like to play thermonuclear war? <laughs> you know what? You know what? My fa- speaking of favorite Patrick, uh, Patrick yeah. Slavey's movie, uh, Red Dawn. Yeah. Again, again, maybe I'm just full of lies and, and uh, lying to myself. I'm not a guy's guy. <laughs> <laughs> but. The football team hiding up in the mountains, taking mm. on the Russians. Oh, actually, yes. I believe the Cubans uh, in that movie. Bad ass, man. It's so oh, good. I love it so much. Red Dawn, such a great movie. Oh, now I'm, now I'm missing Patrick Swayze. <laughs> this is a sad thing. <sighs> what, when you do get the, the limited chance to watch television, uh-huh. what's your favorite TV show? Right now, I never miss John Oliver. Yep. Uh, that guy is... That guy is on it, man. He is so good. His writers are great. Nobody can read a teleprompter better than that guy. Mm. That kind of sounds like an insult, but I meet it 100%. Because if you think about it, they can't. If you know your 
television production, there yeah. are no cutaways yeah. when he's reading all those. So he's going straight off the teleprompter. And if he's, you know, sometimes he's doing two minutes straight to camera, yeah. which is a lot in, in television time and yeah. reading off a teleprompter. So that is really impressive. And he can deliver it. It's great. He's top. I, lo- I love the uh, great love writing team. Around excellent him. writing team. He's got a great, great uh, point of view. Yep. I love that. I love Veep. Oh God, yes. Especially well, Peter McNichols in it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he play. He's so great in it, man. Oh man, in the the in fact the guest cast the last couple of seasons mm-hmm. have been just delightful. Yeah. Uh, with McNichol, with Patton, popping yes, up definitely. Um, even and I forgot to nail him about this earlier. I spy with my little eye. I think it's the second or third last episode of this series uh-huh. that just passed. Dave Anthony, newsreader. Dave Anthony's in it. Yes. What? Dave got a job. If that motherfucker had ever returned my phone call, I'll ask him about it. He doesn't call anybody. <laughs> um, Dave was uh, like you know how they beep, they roll the credits and they uh-huh. squeeze the screen in. So there's still action playing on. Okay. And it's Selena and her team watching a news report. Dave's the newsreader. Really? It's cracking. Oh. There's no joke in it. It's just yeah, really yeah. straight. I've got to be a newsreader huh. to let them have the moment. But it's just, huh. I know it's happening underneath that. That's so cool. It's really cool. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I'll have to nail him on that since you didn't get a chance to. Yeah, don't do it. He <laughs> needs to be getting all serious, proper actor <laughs> Forget it. For your Emmy who would put that? Who would put that ugly guy in a newsreader position anyway? <laughs> look, it looked like he, they just got it off Fox News. That's all it could have been. Change his name to Sean and he's in business. Right. <laughs> um, do you find that you watch comedy preferentially or that you will just watch anything? Ooh. Um, can you elaborate on that? If you were given the opportunity to watch... Uh, insert really good drama here uh-huh. versus insert really good comedy here mm. versus factual documentary. Oh, what's your pick? It's it's a it's a toss up between comedy and documentaries. Mm-hmm. I love documentaries. Uh, yeah, I it's a uh, you know what? Well, let's just go off the plane when it listed them off. I went to comedy first, yep. and then I went to documentaries. So I, I would guess it would go comedies first. Yes, but uh, man, I love a good documentary. Yeah. I love a good obscure documentary. Uh, I, I saw one recently on a. It's called. I think it's just called Parking Lot. Yeah. And it's about this parking lot outside a college in Baltimore. Uh-huh. And the guy who hired. It's about the kids he hired out of college, sure. and, and for some reason he he hired only artsy, well-read. Yeah. Uh, guys to run this parking lot in a, in a college jock town. So they're getting no respect from anybody. And yeah. it, it's really interesting. And I don't know why I can't tell you why it's so interesting, <laughs> but I couldn't not stop watching it. And then the guys who they featured it, like one guy ended up to be the curator at the museum of modern art in New York. Right. Another guy was in Yola Tango, the band. Yeah. And so they've kind of gone off to, it's really interesting. I think it's called parking lot. You should check it out for sure. I'll yeah. Add it to the list. Yeah. The, the the documentary that I really want to see, mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll say I'll see, I want to see it in LA because uh, it's probably going to be gone from cinemas in Australia. When okay, I'm back tickled. Have you seen anything about this? Is, which one is that? I don't think I have. This is um, uh, a documentary by a couple of uh, a New Zealander mm-hmm. and another guy. I don't know if he's New Zealand or American, but the, it, the, they came across, I think, via the dollop actually, even. Uh-huh. But the idea of the American Competitive Tickling League. Or whatever the heck they call themselves. Um, yeah, which when you see the videos, uh-huh. it's very macho jock kind of guys uh-huh. 
tickling a dude. Oh my who god, is restrained, <laughs> and that and that's in itself it, right? Right. Subtext very homoerotic, but sure. that's not the way it's played. Yeah. Blah blah blah. So they thought, well, this is an interesting thing. Let's contact the people that run this thing and and try and find out what it's about. Oh sure. Yeah. Goes very dark. Very oh, dark. oh, really? That's yeah. good. That's to good. the point where they're contacted initially uh, after their fear, basically, don't contact us, you homo faggot. Right. Oh, right. Wow. Uh, yeah, and yeah. They, they start, the, the company, whoever is behind it, start attacking the filmmaker uh-huh. about asking questions about whatever this thing is. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Wow. Wow. I lo- that's what I love about a documentary when they set off to go this way. And they get diverted and go that way. Big left turn. Yeah, I love it. That's that's a good documentary right there. So I need to I need to go and see that. I check it out recommended tickled. to me by a lot of people. Okay. I, I think it's. Uh, I'm like you. I will watch documentaries till the cows come. Sure. Home. Yeah. Like good solid ones. I'm I'm particularly in love uh, with an English uh, documentary maker called Lewis Theroux, uh-huh. who um, has this wonderful, almost foppish British accent and approach mm. to things. Um, and has done a lot about different American things, including um, connecting and embedding himself within the Westboro Baptist Church and wow. all that sort of stuff. Okay. And in the in what we see from him, it's not about judgment per se. Mm-hmm. It's I'm here to learn. I want to understand. I I just you know this is who I am, and it's it's you can look at my work. It's sure. Not, uh, that we've done bad things. We just want to understand who you are. Right. Even, even that Westboro documentary isn't. Um, the the outcome of it isn't these are horrible people. It's mm-hmm. the people speak for themselves. You make your decision yeah. on that. It's this this is who the people are. This is the opposition that they face. This is what they do in spite mm-hmm. or in face of that opposition, uh, and their numbers are dwindling. Mm. So wow, you know, make make your case as to where who's going to succeed in this scenario, right? I like that approach a lot, man. It's really really it's, good. He's it, done a range of them, uh-huh. including. Um, I think he did one on American prisons. He's done mm-hmm. one about Oof. transgender children. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just this great list wow. of incredible stuff. And to boot, he's just about to deliver one, I think, on Scientology. Ah, yes. Which Scary. is just the best. Right, yeah. I love that approach because, you know, I live in Los Angeles, the the, the epicenter of left-wing socialists. You and know? the home of Scientology. And the home of Scientology. Uh, so Michael Moore here is yeah. God. And I, I don't like his documentaries. Mm. I don't like his style because he comes in so slanted. And, so, and I know that's his point and that's what he wants to do. But I much prefer an approach like this cat. Yeah. Thoreau is his name? Louis Theroux. Yeah. yeah, I much prefer that I'm presenting this. Yep. I'm presenting the facts, you make it. And, you know, even Moore's gone, you know, into like using camera tricks and yep. stuff like that to get his point across. And it's just. He yeah. did, uh, uh, Theroux did a phenomenal one on the LA porn industry. Oh, really? Um, in that it was, and it wasn't even recent. So it's even a while ago now. So really before the internet started to really take over the mm-hmm. control of pornography, but as that was starting to play. And, and, uh, it might have even been called the Twilight of the Porn Star or whatever. Uh-huh. And acknowledging that with this coming, the traditional air quotes porn actor or actress can't just go and film a thing and that's the thing and it's done now. You've got to have these other connections and streams of income and, uh-huh. and even be running your own website to do delivery of content around and away from that, which removes you from the traditional filmmaking process. You know, I mean, really, if, if we think about it now, 2016, who's making 
This is the second second podcast in three that we've talked about porn. Okay, oh, we'll just skim over real quick. Um, but you know, in 2016, there are not that many businesses I purport, mm-hmm. and I don't know by any kind of uh, authority, that are making pornographic films. Yeah, it, it a- appears to me that every like apart from maybe the <laughs> the friend of mine works in media here in, in uh, writing about television in mm-hmm. LA, and he showed me an email that he got a press release from. Uh, some company that announced that they are releasing Pokemon Go, the porn parody. Okay, yeah, sure. Now, apart from them who are making, you know, movie kind of thing, uh-huh. what's everyone else doing? It's just, I turn up, sex, done. <laughs> right. Is that, what's going on, man? It's, the way you say it, it it's actually, it sounds like it's mirroring the comedy uh, industry. Mm. <laughs> 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 what, is yeah. lots of people getting fucked? Well, yes. <laughs> but you, you figure it used to be about the stand-up, man. You go and you do an hour of stand you become strong in yep. your hour of stand-up, and then you, you know, perhaps you get a special and, and, and you move on, and now it's not anything about stand-up anymore. It's about what two-minute clip yeah. Can you put up there on YouTube that's going to get... I've lost gigs to people who... Uh, well, they have 150 million followers on YouTube, so we're going to... We're going to give them that. But it doesn't, it, it'll get asses and seats, but it doesn't translate to 45 minutes or an hour. No. And now the special is long gone. There's nothing... Now everybody's doing their own special, which really is it special <laughs> can you call it a special anymore special. if you're paying for it yourself and mm-hmm. you're putting it up that's not special that's just you doing an hour so it's, it, it's sadly it sounds exactly what's happening to the porn industry no nobody's making full-on porn movies anymore they're making the quick hits yeah you know the clickbait the 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 side thing to bring in the revenue yeah so i mean don't get me wrong i don't i don't weep at the loss of the porn industry <laughs> not that we're gonna see the end of it by any stretch right. um but it just struck me as because I have a technology background. Oh, sure. And porn have always led, or at least definitely pointed the direction around a lot of the technology formats and things that we've adopted. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, they were the critical decision between VHS and Beta. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, in the really, hold on, really, they're the ones that that made the decision well, they, or helped help. The porn make... industry said we're going to go this way. Oh, okay. And so, everybody else went that way. Yeah, it's hilarious because beta is such a better format, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's st- it, well, what not is certainly broadcast camera technology for television stuff was beta cam. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Um, for the longest time until they sure. went fully digital. Yeah, I remember back when I first started. There's still beta. Yeah, yeah. So there's all of that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and then when it came to uh, streaming technologies mm-hmm. and those sorts of things, um, they really led the way about what's the best way to make this video be available to you so that you don't have to wow. download and wait it's how can i watch it now oh wow that's so, cool look yeah. at that and every, so, <laughs> you know it's funny maybe this uh this is good to change the subject from mm. porn but speaking of documentaries uh i am not into uh any kind of sports at all i don't follow any mm. but the documentary on the harlem globetrotters yeah have you seen that no no, no. it's great it's great i learned so much um like first of all if it wasn't for the Harlem Globetrotters, the NBA would not be around. Well, like there, sense, right? there was no interest in the NBA when the NBA started, but there was this huge novelty act called the Harlem Globetrotters. So they would put the Harlem Globetrotters on and then have an NBA game. So wow. people would come wow. to, to see the Harlem Globetrotters, but then they would leave after the Harlem Globetrotters. So they flip-flopped it. 
made it the NBA game first, and yeah. then the Harlem Globetrotters would play after. Gosh. And then the first black person drafted into the NBA was from the Harlem Globetrotters. So all these kind of around-the-back moves and, and dribbles between the legs, that was all started in the Harlem Globetrotters. So they had this huge – if it wasn't for the Harlem Globetrotters, there would be no NBA today. Can you imagine Kobe Bryant playing a game before <laughs> the Harlem Globetrotters? <laughs> like, seriously. A man that's making a squidillion dollars a game. Right. As a precursor to something else. Sure, sure. Guys come out and use trampolines, mini tramps. To... <laughs> Jesus. I'm still trying to figure out how much a squidillion is. Oh, look, whatever it is, it's that plus some more. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm still hoping that the, the Washington Generals will get a win. One They're day. Overdue. One day. I heard that uh, – I was talking about this documentary on – when we were when I was overseas with another yeah. comic, and he says that the the generals are they're they're treated like second class citizens on the tour. Oh, they're treat, treated like a like an extra in a movie would be treated. They're, they Gosh. don't they're not allowed to uh, talk with the globetrotters. Yep. They travel on a bus while the globetrotters are flown. What? Yeah. They, now this is coming from a comic, so do not. Yeah, I'll hold my feet to the fire on this, but this is what I've heard. I cannot back that up. Look, in, in part, it would make sense, right? Yeah. But still, you would have to think that there's a, a reasonable element of skill in being the team that the Globetrotters have to play sure, against yeah. to be able to play to their strengths, yeah. right? You've got to be able to not just go, oh, he threw the ball in between my legs. Right. Idiot me will lift my leg up and get in the way and stop <laughs> it being a really cool, fun thing. Sure. You've got to play along with that yeah. stuff. Plus... There would be no Harlem Globetrotters without the Washington yeah. Generals. What are you know, you, you can do, do have the them ma- play against each other. Yeah, they have the magic circle for ten minutes. That's it. And I, I, I that always I I hate that because I, I hate the way extras are treated mm. in the film and television industry. I mean, if you think about that classic scene in Spartacus, hmm. there would be no without extras. There would be no classic scene in Spartacus. Yeah. You can't, ha- and they get treated so poorly. The first show I I sold, we had extras on it, and they were. Treated so, I'm like, no, not on the, these people. Let them. Everybody eats together. Yeah, they don't get banished off into a field, mm. sitting on 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 the grass eating a box lunch. Everybody eats together. Yeah, it's it's it it pisses me off the way it they're treated. Is, it's the modern day class system now, isn't it? The, yeah, we don't. We may not see it necessarily in in uh, the day to day economy of us walking mm. down the street or whatever. Mm-hmm. But absolutely, you get on a film or TV set. Yeah. There are some that are very much no, no, no. The the leads are over here, and they've got the nice sit down buffet. Uh, yeah, you know, you're a speaking extra. Well, you get to come in after them, but you can't sit there. Right, exactly. You're a non speaking extra. There's a box over there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it just and getting like I don't know. I don't know where we're going off on this rant, but just <laughs> watching these fucking arrogant fucking star, uh, movie stars treating people like shit, man. Yeah. It's just I just want to. I just want to text them like uh, the fucking girl with the ukulele playing dick songs. Like <laughs> she has more hits on YouTube than you do. So how fucking special are you, Batman? <laughs> yes. Oh, I hate arrogance. Poor Batman. <laughs> He'll be fine. Yeah, I hope she'll get over it. He'll be fine. Where's Rachel? <laughs> Murray, what are you going to achieve in the next twelve months? In the next twelve months, mm. I am going to achieve. A new hour, stand up. That's Excellent. my goal right now. I'm gonna find out a lot about myself in the next year, um, which I'm very equally excited and equally scared of. Mm. Um, I'm going down this 
path of my dad was a preacher growing up yeah and so i'm going down this path of what do i really believe and what wow. do i pass on to my son and how do i make it funny because <laughs> 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 it gets very dark it gets very dark and very therapeutic sometimes mm. i went off on a rant the other night for like 10 minutes and it was just silence and shock in, in people's <laughs> eyes so <laughs> So kind of that self-exploration can get very uh can get very dark and therapeutic. So I have to f- make it funny. That and be a better husband. Those are my big those are, that's what I'm going to accomplish in the next 12 months. Very very admirable goals both. Mm-hmm. It's a, a, always a challenge to be someone that acknowledges the introspection that no no I need to go and work this out and mm-hmm. to source this to, to to suss this out. Not only for the you know the haha but yeah because I've got a kid in play yeah. that is going to ask some questions about spirituality and stuff. And if mm-hmm. I come back, ah, right. you know, to some of the, the really core stuff, that's just going to leave him with more questions. That yeah. well, can be good, can be bad. Sure. That was, I, I, I got to cram down my throat, man. So yeah. uh, I'm not a crammer, but hope, you know, uh, so hopefully you part of the story worked out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hopefully I'll just do like you say, I'll do it like a good documentary. Yeah, uh, I'll present the I'll present what I know, and he can make the decision himself. Yep, solid work. That's what. I, anyway, that and uh, maybe get into some double overhead waves again. <laughs> oh, where's your favorite break around here? Uh, in town, Topanga. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right now Topanga. Uh, it's great. They call it Topangri because it's very local, very uh, uh, aggro. Yeah, but uh, and I didn't grow up here, so I will never be. I'll always be local. the Henry Hill yeah. <laughs> of, of this because I didn't grow up at Topanga, so I'll never exactly get made into the mob. Mm. So I got still got to watch my back. But uh, I've seen a lot of fights there. But it's, it's Copland out there, man. It is, but it's great. On a we had two back to back hurricanes last year. Uh, I surfed it with an Australian comic named Monty Franklin. Yes, I don't know if you know that guy. Uh, he's become a good friend of mine, and it was some of the best surfing. Uh, it was the best surfing I've ever had. And talking to the old timers, it was like it's the best since like 30 years ago yeah. it hasn't been this good since 30 wow. years so topanga is my favorite place to go around here where's i your, love going to costa rica and i was Hawaii. gonna say where's your favorite break in the world oh trestles believe it or not down here in southern california san wow. clemente yeah it's world renowned uh there's it's a stop on the on the on the tour world too yeah yeah and it's just great it's just a perfect there could be some great waves there it's just a perfect perfect wave there man it's great but i've never been to australia I would like to come to Australia to surf and, and do stand-up. We've got a few, man. We've got a few good breaks. Right? Yeah, that's what I've heard. <laughs> we do all right. Um, and you got to go out of great comics, man. We do. I'm, I'm, I'm meeting them as I go, and they're, they're good. They're good. They're funny. Yeah. There's some good people. Yeah. Good people. I've met a lot of Australians. Despite the table of Australians I had a month ago, <laughs> drunk Australians <laughs> I had to fight with, I uh, enjoy most, most of the Aussies I meet. Bastards. <laughs> Hey, Murray. Yes, sir. Mate, thank you for the chance to speak with you today. Thank you for uh, inviting me over and asking me to come do it. Mate, please know the things that you've said are very special and you're highly valued. Thank you so much. Oh, well, thank you. That, that's really sweet. I appreciate that. Very clearly, you are a person who does the tweet occasionally. Yes, I occasionally tweet. Uh, there are other social accounts that you would want people to know about. Um, Twitter and, um, Facebook are the two that I, mm-hmm. I primarily go on and I'm Murray Valeriano at Facebook and I'm at Murray V on Twitter. Simple. Yeah. Look at you with your brand awareness. <laughs>
This has been Humans of Twitter, and I can confirm that at Murray V is indeed human. <laughs>